0: Louise Halloran is faced with a dilemma since her husband John has died of a heart attack and she is not included in his mother's will. Traveling to the family's ancestral home in Ireland, Louise hopes to ingrain herself into the family while telling them that John is away on business. Unfortunately, John's family is very dysfunctional due to the drowning death of his little sister years ago so Louise must deal with some very bizarre behavior and strange happenings. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are... The, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are you, B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sounds we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Well, it's October again, friends, which means one thing here on B-Movie Bros. It's one constant, and that is Cult Classic Month. Oh, yeah. This year, we're taking a look at, um, I guess they're, you know public domain movies, you know, the kind of movies you find on all those shitty fucking black and white DVD mixes, buy my classic horror movies, no mine,
1: no mine, it's like 50, 50 classic horror films, 100 classic horror films, 1000 classic horror films, and it's, it's the same movies over and ever again, so we actually have the horror classics, classic features, 50 movies collection.
0: Um, from Mill Creek Entertainment. It's classic and horrifying. What you heard was the description from the description booklet that's included, that has the descriptions for all 50 movies, of Dementia 13, from 1963.
1: Written so, and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And, um... Roger yeah, Corbin. Roger Corbin, which is a weird duo that I never thought I'd see.
0: So, enough explanation for this month. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom
1: three... Because there's not much to it, let's get the top out of the way first. Paul, go ahead. Alright, so visually, this movie looks very good. It's got this whole gothic atmosphere from this old Irish um, castle. It's really a cool um at- it's really cool um look to it. It's got great It was the whole thing was the whole atmosphere is used to such great effect, and it really shows like in Much earlier than, like, um, Godfather, Godfather 2, um, Apocalypse Now. Just what Francis Ford, uh, Ford Coppola was able to do with, um, just simple, um, simple effects and everything with, like, um, how he's able to bring out, like, different, um, how he's able to bring out the most of, like, a small environment. Number two. So the actress who played Louise, uh, Luana Anders, she was just fantastic. She was by far the best character in the film. She was, like, constantly scheming and manipulating, like, trying to, like, what, like get on top of, like, inner situation and everything. And, like, she's just such an entertaining character while she was in the movie. And number one, I really liked the original direction this film was going in. Spoiler alert! By the way, yeah. you haven't seen this since nineteen sixty three. So Luis's husband dies before he can, before he can inherit his mother's fortune. So she pretends that he's still alive while he's trying. While she manipulates his senile mother into believing that her deceased daughter is still alive in order to change her will so that she can get stuff out of it. I guess it is such a brilliant idea. It had so much potential and. I guess it was too brilliant of an idea to last. But I'll get more into that in the bottom 3. So, my top number 3.
0: Paul says that the atmosphere in the visuals is good, which it is, but I think that the use of music throughout the film is is fantastic. It just it create it helps to create that atmosphere and solidifies the tone for the movie. Um, of, of course, you have to make them work in tandem, but uh, I choose the music over the the visuals.
1: Yeah, everything was really in sync. It, everything worked really well together. It was um, a nice foreshadowing of what Coppola was capable of. Number two, so there's a groundskeeper guy named Simon who just like
0: roams the property with a shotgun, hunting this fox, and um, he gets beheaded, and the the, the beheading is just it. it It's early special effects, and for the time, it looks good, but nowadays, it just kind of looks hysterical. It's like a fucking cantaloupe rolling down a hill with a wig on it, like, I, I just, I loved it.
1: You know the deaths in this movie were, by today's standards, really all that good or convincing, but apparently, like, the movie was super controversial for being too graphic, which is always funny, thinking about. And number one... Oh... The uh, the actress who played Louise.
0: Let me, let me look at uh, Luana Anders, um, at one point, gets nearly naked. I mean, nope. she she strips down to her uh, to her bra and underwear, and she takes a nice swim, and uh, it's a nice, pleasing scene to watch before that scene climaxes. She was in every way the best but character yeah. in this film. Yeah, nearly naked Louise. The 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 best part of this movie. So uh, on to the bottom,
1: Paul. All right, so, yeah, the bottom. Well, first of all, this movie is just so... After a certain point, this movie is really badly paced. It feels so boring and so, like, long that it takes, like, what? Like, just over an hour, and it feels like three hours at times? Yeah, it's an hour 15 minutes. Yeah, it was, uh... Once the initial plot runs out, which brings me to number two... The whole movie completely changes direction before the halfway mark. They kill off the only good character and ruin everything. All the brilliant, like, story development and everything going on. just goes out the window, because fuck that. Like, why don't we have a stupid story about, like, just some douchebag, like, murdering people for some weird reason. It's like, ah. Anyways, number one. Like I said, they killed off the main character, Louise before even the halfway mark of this film, and it was just so sad. It just, it broke my heart. It, the movie is very obviously trying to pull a Psycho, where the woman who appeared to be the protagonist is killed off by the actual protagonist slash antagonist, except where Psycho managed to, like, develop Norman Bates as a character outside of... The um, I can't remember the name of the woman in Psycho. Like they hint it, like he's got this weird relationship with his mom. He's like this creepy guy at a hotel. He had no relationship with her prior to that, so it, it really worked. But this movie, all the characters that that live past Luis dying. Aw, that that hurts to say. But um, they live on. You really don't see them or really give a shit about them outside of how they interact with Luis and what she's doing, like, with manipulating um, their mother and everything and, like, trying to get into the will and everything. I didn't give a shit about them outside of that, and that suddenly that portion of their character is gone, and, like, suddenly I'm supposed to care about them. Like, no, it just... It it doesn't work. It was a poor attempt at like copying. I think George I think Roger Corman even said like this is meant to be a really low budget version of Psycho. And well he was right about that, it's a really shitty fucking version of it too. Like, ah. why would anyone do that? Like I I, I need I need to take a breath. Go go with your bottom three. So for me, number three. Mother Halloran looks younger
0: than Richard and John, her channel. Oldest sons, and well, not only does she look manlier than them, but the portrait of Kathleen looks exactly like John. Like, like I saw that that portrait on the wall, and I was like, I was like, is that a portrait of John in a dress? And they're like, this is Kathleen, and I'm like, this that's John. He just died of a heart attack. <laughs> Number. Yeah. He came back, and now his name is Kathleen. <laughs> Number two. Um. Yeah, perhaps it was the time period and, and how a lot of movies at the time were, but uh, this film progressed extremely slowly. Like, like Paul said, it, j- it felt like it went on and on and on. And uh, it was really like it was about a half hour of material here. Which brings me to number one. Like Paul said, a little over a half hour into the movie, they killed the main fucking character. Louis. Like, like I, I, I hate hate when they do this in movies in books in video games like whatever you have a main character your main character is who the story follows if that character dies the story's fucking over I read a book one time it was the second book in a series okay so the main character of the second book was a you know supporting character in the first book and they killed that character off on page 143 Out of page 327. Mind you, there were no other returning characters from the first book. Like, if if the main person of your story is dead, your story is done, this movie should have ended with Louise's murder. It would have been a better fucking ending than the actual
1: ending we got. Like, it can work in very few situations. Like, it worked in Psycho, but like... I remember, like, in, uh, Dragon Ball Z, like, Akira Toriyama decided he was gonna kill off Goku at the end of the Cell Saga. But then he's like, oh, I'm gonna make Gohan the main character. And realized what a bad idea that was, and brought Goku back. Because, you know, Dragon Ball and all that. Because uh, Saiyan Man. Exactly. Saiyan Man. He's like, oh, god, what have I done? Like, I, I gotta bring the main character back. Cause... I mean, it was at least it was already built into the plot on how they could bring him back. Yeah. We knew he'd come back eventually.
0: One of the things we didn't mention about this movie was the dialogue, so let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote-war! We'll quote this movie back and forth to the the best of my, like, note-taking abilities, because this movie was hard for me to pay attention to, so whether the quotes are right or wrong, fuck you, we're doing it anyway. Paul, go ahead. You're a stranger, entitled to nothing. Tis only that no good rabbit stealing folks which brings me here. If I die, there's nothing in it for you. Nobody's asking you, little girl. I'm always a little boy. I know there are a lot of things running around in that beautiful head of yours. If you're going to be my wife, you'll have to be the trusting, silent variety. Drink's the only way to survive in this climate. That ends this episode of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote, an actual correct quote, or anything else you'd like to say about this film, leave it in the comments below. It's time to give our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I surprisingly gave it a 4 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. So, oh, Dimension 13. I forgot what this movie was called, even. Dimension 13 it's is, not c- a good is kind of one of those, like, dialogue the movie kind of things. It suffers from, like, too much talk and not enough movement. The story stays in one place for far too long without you know, anything going on several times. Even when the story does progress, it's not by much. An episode of Dark Shadows has more plot progression than this movie. A 15-minute film with an added hour just for release. It's not exactly a horrible movie, just one that's not very entertaining. Pretty much the only good thing here is the music. There's a reason this movie is on 92,000 different horror film collections. And that's because nobody wants to watch it. So you
1: gave it a 4 out of 10? Being nice today. Aw, oh, Corey's a good guy at heart. What a softie.
0: I mean, I mean, Lu- Louise stripped down. Like, the first 30 minutes is good. Louise is a great character. Even her husband John, the couple minutes he's in, he- he's a great character. But once di- Louise
1: has gotten rid of, the, the whole movie just falls to shambles. R.I.P. Louise. Anyways, Dementia 13 is one of the first films by director Francis Ford Coppola. As such, there are signs of the masterful directorial skills he would later become famous for, with films such as The Godfather, The Godfather 2, Apocalypse Now, and probably others. Coppola utilizes the gothic setting of Halloran, Halloran Castle to great, great effect, creating a dark and unsettling atmosphere, perfect for, this ex- for an existential uh, psychological horror film. However, while the setting may be aesthetically impressive, unlike unlike his later films, there isn't a whole lot going on beneath the surface. Film critics have spent decades meticulously analyzing every frame of The Godfather in search of hidden meanings behind every single prop in the film and finding new interpretations of each scene. In Dementia 13, a creepy doll is just a creepy doll, a lake is just a lake, and a guy murdering people with an axe has no greater implications than the fact that he's murdering people with an axe. Now I know it isn't fair to compare a film made, made earlier in somebody's career to their later works. It's important to judge a film by its own merits, determines its quality. So judging this film, at, separate from all of Coppola's films, as just a singular film, I can say with absolute certainty that this was a terrible film. The story randomly changes direction before the halfway mark, replacing an interesting story with a great main character, with a convoluted mess of, random plots and just unrivaled stupidity. After that, the film completely stops being entertaining and becomes a half-assed ripoff off of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I've never seen a film go from unique and interesting to confusing and stupid so fast before. I'm glad Coppola's uh, filmmaking skills improved so much because if if this was the only film he was known for, he'd be almost as big of a joke as Ed Wood.
0: Well, if you guessed it, uh, we kind of needed this next next segment, and you might also. So let's give you some ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one. Every time you see the boom mic, take a drink. Number two. Owl! Take a drink. Number three. Every time Billy has a flashback, take a drink. Number four. Whenever Louise slips, strips down to her underwear, finish your drink. Because you're going to need it for the rest of the movie. And number five, of course, because it's cult classic month, anytime you make a connection
1: between two cult classics we've reviewed, take a drink. Every time Lady Halloran thinks her daughter has come back to, back from the dead, take a drink. Every time someone has an inner monologue, take a drink. Every time you see a creepy doll, take a drink. And every time Richard is in the workshop, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any other thoughts on this movie or anything else be related, you leave us a comment or the iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us gmail.com like us on Facebook at facebook.com, that's bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmirbros, my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all other kind including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website at bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon account. It's linked right below.
0: Well, we've come to the end of week one for Cult Classics Month, Public Domain Edition, or whatever the fuck this is. So, Dementia 13 is in the lead. Somehow. God, I hope it doesn't stay that way. Like, I kind of feel like, like... I definitely was too nice on my on my final take, but I kind of feel like nothing should be in the first place and Dementia 13 in the second place, but uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be knocked out next week by the 1925 classic... The Phantom of the Opera. Maybe we'll get Dimension and forget about this movie. So Had until, to make the joke. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.